This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. Hello, and thank you for joining me for Listen Up, Home Buyers. I'm Victoria Ray Henderson. I'm a broker with The Buyer Brokerage in McLean, Virginia, and we serve the greater Washington, D.C. and Baltimore area. And I am so happy to have Cad Mendoza. Uh, with me today to talk about what the market conditions are like in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Cad Mendoza is the broker owner of Mendoza Realty. Uh, He's been an exclusive buyer agent and broker, I'm assuming, for 16 years, or almost that long as a broker. Uh, He and his wife, Peaches, have two very active children, ages 11 and 13, and he also fosters two children, ages 6 and 8. So, Cad, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me here on Listen Up Home Buyers. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Victoria. Thanks for having me, for sure. You're welcome. And let's get started talking about um, a general overview. What are market conditions like in the greater uh, Atlanta, Georgia area? Yeah, no, great question. Um, right now, uh, just like most of the country right now, um, inventory is super low. And buyers are dealing with um, multiple offers and having to bid over list price. Uh, I've seen anywhere between 10, 20, 30, 40, even 50,000 over list price to, um, to be able to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. And that is the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And is, um, is it that way right now, October 2021, or was it that way in the spring? Tell me how things have changed this year. Yeah, so this year, uh, towards the beginning of the year, um, it was a lot more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I saw, um, just speaking with other agents, um, 30 to 40 offers on a house. Yeah. And that is just, yeah, when you have to compete with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now um, the funny thing is we still have those multiple offer situations, but at least it's a little more... Um, um, bearable. Um, so now we have, yes, yes. Um, so we're looking at three to maybe five offers on a house. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so it's not as bad, but still it's, it's, it could be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just today we, uh, we were ratified. We were just competing with one other offer and I just couldn't believe it. I, I, because just last week, same, same buyers, same little buyers looking in uh, Anne Arundel County in, in uh, Maryland, 14 offers on, on wow. this little tiny house that backs up to a ravine, you know, wow. tremendous crevasse down into a creek. Wow. 14 offers. Yeah. Wow. It's nuts. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. But you got to yeah. get out there and keep trying because you never know. You could have the same thing happen as what we had today, where all of a sudden, here's this house. It's adorable. Only two people are writing. So it's, it's better in the fall, I think. Yes. Yeah. As of right now, um, um, I'm starting to get more offers accepted. Um, it's been a little easier, um, than what it was in the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's gotten a little better, not, not great, but still a little better. I think it sharpens our skills as exclusive buyer brokers. I think that what you end up you know, what you end up with and what I have found is that I am much better at protecting my clients evaluating those properties so that they don't jump and want to make an offer before something or rather on something that really isn't a good quality home to start with. 
And then also that that whole negotiation piece, putting everything together, making sure that they're not, you know, given the shirts off their back to get a place and then they resent that. You know, because I have been reading that buyer remorse is a is a thing that's on the rise, which I completely understand, you know. Um, talk to me a little bit about about your experience with with walking buyers through all this. Yes. Um, so, um, and, I, and I'll probably talk a little more about first-time home buyer because those folks are the ones that need the most help yeah. um, and um, and have lots of questions and, you know, probably a little stress just to begin with. And exactly. It's the most um, so, group. I'm sorry? Very rewarding group of people to work with. It really is because they're so excited, you know, and they just picturing themselves, you know, ra- you know, raising a family and all that in that house. And so it's a very big deal. And you know, it's fun being a part of that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, with, with those first time home buyers, you know, the main thing I always tell them is number one, step number one out of everything you're going to do. Let's make this process really stress free. And if you do this step, you're going to, you're going to love me for it. And that is, um, get the right lender, not just any lender, get the right lender and do it on the front end. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to quote some folks, by all means do it. Um, but picking the right lender and doing it on the front end. So, you know, all your numbers, mm-hmm. you know, you know how much cash you're going to need, uh, what your down payment is going to be, what your monthly payments is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes folks, you know, will pick a number just out of the blue. Well, I could kind of afford that. But then they look at the monthly number. They're like, well, maybe I shouldn't go that high. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to know that information on the front end. Because right. I don't want you falling in love with a house that is 50 grand above your budget. Right. And then all of a sudden you're trying to make it work and then you're going to be living a stressful life. Right. And that's what you don't want to happen. And and being pre-qualified um, means that a lender has has really checked out your finances so that, you know, there's nothing that's going to pop up and, and maybe even surprise you. We've had clients find out, wow, I, I had no idea that this or that um, credit card was still hanging out there or this particular student loan debt hadn't been registered as paid. There's so many things that 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 lender needs to do. Talk to me about, um, you know, first of all, it is your choice as a buyer who you work with from, from us, the, bro- the brokers, the exclusive buyer brokers, lenders, title company, home inspectors. But why is it important to choose a lender that is, that is, um, that is local and somebody who, who is good? Tell me, tell me about that, the description of a good lender. Yeah. Yeah. So a, and like you were saying, it is the buyer's choice. And I always tell folks that it's, Hey, it, at the end of the day, it's your money and you get to pick who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and there's a big, but, <laughs> um, I want to make this process, uh, a great process where, um, with minimal to no stress mm-hmm. and the lender is, um, probably one of the most stressful part of the home buying process is if you pick a bad lender. Um, so that lender is very important. And what you look for is our folks that are local, like you were saying. Um, and you know, I've, I could tell story after story from these big banks and credit unions mm-hmm. that, um, I, they're just nightmare stories. I mean, as you can imagine, and people don't think about this, um, you're a week or a few days from closing and they still don't have you approved. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, to some folks, that might not seem like a big deal, but the issue is um, a lot of folks take time off of work to, for that closing date. They have movers set up. They have friends, family helping out on that day. Mm-hmm. There's so many moving parts. Oh, yeah. And oh, so yeah. any delay, even if it's just one day, and I promise you, I've had lenders tell me, Kat, it's just one day. It's no big deal. I'm like, no, it is. So it is a big deal. It is. This is very stressful. Yeah, You have all utilities turned on for that day. I mean, there's so many things involved. So that picking the right lender is so important. And, and I'll get folks too that tell me, you know what, Cad, I've had such a great experience with this loan originator. And, and I tell me, oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. But that bank is known for um, these issues. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times these loan originators, they're good folks. They're good people, folks. They're good at talking. Mm-hmm. They answer the phone. Mm-hmm. They probably don't work on weekends. They probably don't work at nights. Which is but when we work and we need the it, lender letters. Yes. And that's yeah. when we need the lender letter. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I tell them, you know, a lot of times I'm glad you have that good relationship with them. But at the end of the day, how's their underwriter Mm-hmm. and their processor how are they working you don't know them and i promise you once you get to that point where it comes to crunch time um that's when you're really going to need them yeah. and a lot of times that's not not the you know you're going to have a bad experience and and there are deadlines that all of us have to meet everybody who is assembled as the team that's working you know for the buyer or buyers and the lender has some really specific deadlines depending i'm not sure how your contract is in, in atlanta georgia but we have a contract that has specific appraisal deadlines, financing deadlines. And if they're not met, that is really serious because at the end of the day it can cost that buyer money, lots of money. So, so that lender has to pick up his phone or her phone, um, particularly when they're reviewing offers. You know, sometimes a listing agent will say, hey, what's your uh, lender's phone number? Well, if you've gone with an online lender. You're like, uh, 1-800-I-don't-know, you know? <laughs> I mean, Yes, yes. You know, you don't know. And um, yeah, so it's it's very important that you choose your team members wisely. Correct, yes. And then also, uh, like you were men- mentioning, Victoria, about those deadlines. Um, it's funny c- because, well, it's not funny. When I have conversations with these lenders and I'm on the phone talking to them and they're asking me, so when's that deadline for the financing or appraisal contingency? I'm like, you have the contract. You need to know what it is. to know about? Yes, yes, exactly. The one that's in your court, that's your business? Yes, yes. So, I mean, so you really, as an agent representing the buyer, especially when you're working with lenders you don't know, you really have to stay on top of them. And you have to make sure you have a good agent that knows to stay on top of them and knows when those deadlines are because I've had situations where we've had to extend a financing contingency or we've had to extend an appraisal contingency. And if your agent is not aware of those deadlines, Mm -hmm. um, that could be a big problem. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, So for those who are listening and have no idea what a financing contingency is or appraisal (laughs) contingency, you want to really quickly give a, a definition of those two things? Sure, sure. Um, So the financing contingency, well, here in Georgia, um, you're looking at 21 days from a binding agreement date. So binding agreement date is the date that both the buyer and the seller have agreed 
uh, to all the terms and they've signed the contract. Mm -hmm. So usually on average, you're looking about 21 days. Okay. Um, in this market, sometimes I'll see even 14 days, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And in those 14 to 21 days, the lender has to completely underwrite you mm -hmm. and give you at least a conditional approval letter. Mm -hmm. And those conditionals, um, the conditions are on that letter. Mm -hmm. um, as a buyer, you have to look through them and make sure, hey, I can meet these conditions. Mm -hmm. No problem. Let's move forward with it. Mm -hmm. Or you look at those conditions and say, hey, there might be an issue with this. Mm -hmm. So we need to discuss this further. So that is a financing um, condi condition. And it's also in, it's in place to protect the buyer as well. If through no fault of your own, you were to lose employment or something, the whole reason it's there is as a protection for you so that you can get out of that contract. It won't bind you. If you, um, if you have the financing contingency, it's a built-in protection for you. And then the appraisal, you know, you were going to go ahead and give a definition of of that. Yeah. So with the appraisal contingency, it's just to make sure that the house appraises for what the um, loan amount is. So mm -hmm. if you're buying a $400,000 house, you want to make sure that the house appraises for 400, because if it appraises for 380, mm -hmm. then we have an issue to where you, as a buyer, you're going to have to come up with that $20,000 cash, mm -hmm. or we go back to the negotiating table to make sure right. and tell the seller, Hey, the house didn't appraise, you need to lower your price. Yeah. And just to drill down, down on that a little bit more, um, the, the, the lending institution is only going to give you the, the amount of money that the appraiser who goes out to evaluate the property independently, they don't, they don't have contact with the buyer agent or the, the, the lender at, at some point. They go out, evaluate, looking at comps and doing a, a very extensive evaluation. If they come back, and in your example, they say, hey, this house you know, is, is worth 380 and you've paid 400, just like Cad said, you're back to the negotiating table and you can get out of the transaction. If you, if you have that appraisal contingency and you don't come to an agreement on the terms there. Correct. Yes. And that, that, that language in there and that contract is so important. And yeah. in this crazy market, I've, uh, I've talked to agents where they've seen folks waiving mm -hmm. both those things, the financing contingency and the appraisal. And that just leaves, um, vulnerable. Yeah, you're very vulnerable at that point, and that could be a big mess. Um, Unless you so. have a lot of cash, you know, if you have a Correct. lot of cash and you're like, ah, that doesn't matter to me, you know, who do you know yeah. like that? Not too many people, but there mm -hmm. are people out there who would say, I'll make up that difference. Um, yeah. And there are ways around that. We could, we can uh, actually, we could talk about this for probably a half an hour, but but we'll move <laughs> past this because I want to give an sure. overview of the experience of of Atlanta. So sure. Yeah. So um, after the those two pieces in the contract. Yep. Yep. So um, in Atlanta, um, too, you have to have a. Uh, I don't know if it's a good time to talk about the brokerage agreement. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, in the state of Georgia, you have to have a brokerage agreement signed um, by the buyer and uh, the agent. Um, basically, that brokerage agreement states that this the brokerage represents you in the transaction as the buyer. Mm -hmm. um, so we're making this offer um, uh, for you and we're supposed to represent you. Mm -hmm. So that's what our brokerage agreement. Now in that brokerage agreement, you just have to make sure as a buyer, there's a couple of things you want to look out for. And I'll give you one experience I've had recently where I had um, a client come to me wanting to get out of their brokerage agreement because the agent didn't do a great job. Mm -hmm. 
Come to find out in that brokerage agreement, there's a uh, $1,200 retainer fee um, that they did not know. They didn't they read through the contract. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that that's a big fee. Um, a and that could have had to been paid by her. Um, and no questions asked. Luckily, we figured out a way out of it. Um, yes. Yes. Um, because they did some things that weren't, um, ethical. You mean the, um, the the agent who had the buyer, the broker agreement? Correct. On an offer on one of the offers that she had, and she explained to me the situation Mm -hmm. and they didn't have the best interests of the buyer. Okay. So I was, I was able to help her to understand ethics Mm. Um, and why what they did was not ethical, and that was a way for them to get out of it. Good, good. Um, um, were there other terms in that buyer broker agreement um, that were? Unused? Yeah, yes, yes. So um, most brokerage agreements I've seen or talked to other agents, and I'm, ta- and I'm talking about good agents. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at you know around three months on average, something like that, two to three months, maybe four months even. On this particular one, um, it was a 10-month brokerage agreement plus a two-month protection period. And so basically, it was a one-year-long brokerage agreement, which is is overkill. It's highway robbery, and that shouldn't have happened. But the buyer was a first-time home buyer. They didn't know what they were doing. They just signed off on it and just went on their merry way. Yeah, and so it was a, a, a big learning lesson for them, for sure. That is a big, that's a big lesson to learn. Wow. Well, I'm glad you were able to help them. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, they got to the point where the agent wasn't really um, showing them houses in a timely manner. And in this market, if the house comes up today, you really have to be out there that afternoon or else you're going to miss out on it. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I, so. I think a big part of how we've had success is being first. <laughs> yes. Know, it, doesn't, it doesn't work yeah. every time, but, but you know, the minute we see something come on the market, we say, all right, let's go. And we start that communication with the listing agent to see if there's anything that their seller um, needs, you know, um, that won't um, impact our buyers in any way, in a harmful way at all, but that we could accommodate. So, you know, for example, yes. like if they need a rent back, um, oh, you need yep. 30 days to stay in the house. If our buyers can do that, oh, that's great. Okay, we can we can work out the details of that. Um, so yeah. anyway, just trying to have that conversation and getting in there, you know, is, is really important. And um, they, I mean, most agents, you know, when I tell them, hey, I am an exclusive buyer agent, all I do is show houses. Mm-hmm. And they, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, right, right. you need to be doing listings too. Because it is more work if you think about it, you're out there driving around yeah. with a listing you just list a house and a lot of agents just list it and just sit back and wait for the offers to come in. Hey, but we get our cardio in. That's why. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I showed 11 houses the other day. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 It's just, but the the funny thing is, and I'm sure you're the same way. I love um, evaluating homes. I love evaluating properties. It's just so fun. And like you said, when, you know, the first time home buyer is really excited. um, These, these folks I'm thinking of, um, they're actually, it's the second time around with us. And I'm just as excited because now we're going to be, looking at it's kind of a different thing that they need um yep. so i think it, it, it you know being exclusive buyer brokers and agents we're a unique breed there's no doubt about it but yep. it does seem to fit um my personality when i meet everyone 
we're kind of cut from the same cloth, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny because when I do meet other exclusive buyer agents around the country, um, I feel like, yeah, we're, we're almost, we're the same. We love what we do. We enjoy being out there. And that's so important um, because like I said, a lot of agents are lazy and they don't, they don't want to be out there showing 11 houses. You know, they want to show you five at the most. And like, hey, and then they try to talk you into it, yeah, you know. Which we don't do. That's yeah. Not, yeah. That's mm-hmm. not, yeah. But I, I mean. I, I think we talk yeah. people out of them more than talk them into it. Yes. No, exactly. That's exactly it. Because you want them to buy the right house. Right. And you want, you know, um, five, 10 years down the road, if they, whenever they do go to sell the house, you want it to sell quickly for them. You, what I don't want to hear 10 years down the road is, hey, cat, I can't sell my house. So you want, you know, you want to talk them out of a bunch of houses to make sure they buy the right one. Yeah. So talk to me about, um, you know, you talk about evaluating properties, but it, it, it really goes beyond that. I mean, you really have to look at, at the bigger picture, you know, the, the houses in the neighborhood, the community overall. Talk to me about that process for you when you're working with buyers. Yes. No, uh, great question. Um, it's so important. Yeah, it's not just buying the home and, and that particular home. You want to look at the whole community, the whole neighborhood, and so many other factors. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I had a client who um, bought it, was going to buy a home, and um, the first time home buyer is usually like ten years ago, um, and the house had a very steep driveway. And I told them I had that conversation. And they're a friend of mine too. So yeah. I was even more careful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I told them, like, listen, with this driveway, I, I know you love the house, but with this driveway, you're going to have a hard time selling it down the road. Mm-hmm. They were so excited by the house, you know, that they, they didn't really listen. But so they went ahead and bought it with, you know, but I fought it. Right. Uh, Move forward uh, a few years from there, probably like six years from there, they tried selling the house. They had a hard time selling it. Oof. And I told him, I had that conversation with him. He's like, yeah, I know. I remember. So they ended up renting it out and they're totally fine now. Yeah. But these are things you have to look out for. Right. Um, right. And then also too, especially for first time home buyers, they don't know what they're looking for a lot of times. And, and um, sometimes you'll see these uh, investor properties where they flip the house, mm-hmm. they put a coat of paint on it. Yep. And then I call it the lipstick on a pig house. <laughs> and, uh, so you kind of have to look and make sure everything else looks, looks good. Yeah. And in this particular home, I remember, um, um, a few years back, uh, I had a client where they love the house, mm-hmm. uh, fresh paint, fresh floors. I mean, everything looked great, mm-hmm. but when I went down to the basement, you saw the uneven floors, you oh, saw the, the basement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> saw the poly- falls apart. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah, it does. And you know, you saw the polybutylene plumbing, which is not the plumbing you want in the house. Right. Um, you have, and yeah, you saw some other like little water issues. You can see the stains from the water that's coming in. Uh-huh. And those are things you have to look out for. The buyer doesn't know. Right. And that particular situation, I was able to talk the buyer out of it. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, yeah, this is just too much, too much work. Mm-hmm. And there were some other things involved in that particular home. Like I had single pane glass windows. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, which makes the house very inefficient. Yeah. Um, and people have to think about those things. And I know for some folks are probably hearing this, they're like, well, that's what the inspector is for. And I get that. I understand. But... Um, if your agent could find that before you make an offer, before you fall in love with the house, 
um, that's so important um, because that way you're not surprised at the polybutylene at the inspection report, you know. Yeah. And you're not paying for that inspection, which um, depending on the size and square footage of the home, at least in, in the greater D.C. Baltimore area, it that's how much uh, it equates to the uh, cost of the home inspection. So we yeah. had a home inspection recently that was $1,500. Um, everything moved ahead. But if it hadn't, $1,500 out of pocket is quite a bit of money. Um, yes. So yeah, you're right. We try to troubleshoot what we see from our experience of as you said, being in thousands of houses, you know, and, and, and yep. how we can help protect people so they don't buy that lemon. Cad, what can you tell me about as you uh, are working with buyers, you know, and they find their property? Um, next step, of course, is putting together that contract. Walk me through that. Um, I know there's a lot to it. We could spend a whole hour talking about it, but give right. me an overview of that process. Sure, sure. Um, uh, the main thing, once a client... Um, picks the house and they, this is the house they love the cab. This is it. We want, we want this house. Uh, the first thing as an agent is to make sure that the value, you know, the list price, um, is going to work out as far as the appraisal goes Mm -hmm. is because, you know, it's just some, it's the list price to me is somebody else's opinion of what the house is worth. I always say it's Um, a suggestion. (laughs) It's a suggestion. Yeah, exactly. And it, it could be right. Or they could be really wrong. Yeah. And yeah, if it's it's been on the market for longer than two two weeks, there's something wrong there. Yeah. And um <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I'll get I'll get buyers like, hey Cadis, you know, this looks like a good one. Then I look at the days on the market, I'm like, I could tell you right now it's overpriced without even looking at the comps. <laughs> but a couple of things I want to make sure. Um you know, right now we have uh, to protect the buyer. There's language in the contract to protect them in case the financing falls through. That's your mm-hmm. financing contingency. Mm-hmm. And then there's other language in the contract to protect against a low appraisal. That's your appraisal contingency. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things on the contract, you want to have your due diligence or inspection contingency. Mm-hmm. Again, in this crazy market, I've seen folks even waive that, mm-hmm. which is... Mm-hmm crazy. I won't make an offer like that. I just refuse to do that. Yeah. So, um, so as far as the contract goes and having that, uh, those things in the contract, your, uh, appraisal contingency, financing contingency, your due diligence or inspection period, Mm -hmm. those are all important things on there. Uh, Other things you want to look out for is, um, you have to make sure that the buyer really reads the, um, uh, the seller's uh, property disclosure statement. Mm-hmm. There's things in there that you want to look out for. Um, number one, what is staying with the home? You know, what you don't want to happen is the day of closing, you do your final walk and then you go to the house and that refrigerator is not there that you loved. You know, how old is the roof? How old is the HVAC? How old is the hot water heater? And a lot of times those things, if you know, if you have the right agent that's done this a million times, you know what to look for already. And you really have, you really have an idea of what, how old all that stuff is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's uh, music to my ears at closing when clients are like, that wasn't too bad. That was kind of easy. You know, I love hearing that. And you're like, yeah, 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 exactly. But I love hearing that because um, then that lets me know that, you know, we did all the uh, processes to get to that point Mm -hmm. where um, we're done well, done correctly. And then um, 
And then having that agent that is very thorough at looking through a house. And there's so many things to mm-hmm. look through a house, like even like certain siding there. I mean, there's, there's LP siding, there's Masonite siding, and those are sidings that you don't want in a house. So having an agent that is knowledgeable about the construction, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, um, the back deck, you know, looks like it's not bolted correctly to the home. These are things that you want to look, look out for. And I see it all the time. Oh yeah. I see it yeah. all the time. So you want to prepare the, the buyer for those things. So they don't have to get to, you know, to the point where they're at surprise at the inspection, you know, and paying for the inspection. So if you have an agent that knows how to look for these things ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, and, and also too, before you fall in love with the house, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, yeah. let you know what all the, all the issues are. Yeah. I'm really good at a, shooting down all the things in the house. It's, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm an expert at it. Yeah. You, you feel kind of bad, you know, but you're kind of like, yeah, yeah well, there's no GFCI protectors in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but it's all remodeled. Um, I see it quite a bit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what other corners did they cut? Exactly. You know, when they're doing that. Exactly. Well, Cad Mendoza, the broker owner of Mendoza Realty, serving the metro Atlanta area. It has been a real pleasure finally getting to talk to you in person. We've talked quite a bit, you know, via email and on the phone, but it is wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for joining me on Listen Up Homebuyers. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. It was a pleasure being here. You've been listening to Listen Up Homebuyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. 